0: Mr. Colombo, are you a boss of the Mafia? No, I am not. Is there a Mafia? No, there is not.
1: York's notorious Gambino crime family.
0: Lucchese crime family. The alleged boss of the Bonanno crime family. Colombo crime family. The Genovese
1: crime family is the Ivy League of of the five families.
0: There's nothing beats being a Mafia boss. It's uh, better than being a Hollywood star.
1: You are listening to This Day in the Mob, a daily mafia podcast bringing you the biggest events from this day in mob history. As always, I am your host, John Curran. Today is July 12th, 2022, and we are going back 43 years to the day to see what happened on This Day in the Mob.
0: Mob boss Carmine Galente was gunned down back in 1979. Since then, the men who ordered his gangland execution have gone unnamed. Tonight, for the first time, there's been a major breakthrough in that case, one that could blow the lid off one of the underworld's best-kept secrets. Steve Powers reports. It was expected that the assassination of Carmine Galente would be the same as those of Albert Anastasia and Joey Gallo, that the code of omerta, silence, would descend like a curtain on the murders. There was Carmine Galenti, known as the cigar, laying sprawled in the backyard of Joe and Mary's restaurant in the Bushwick section of Brooklyn. The cigar clenched in his teeth, an eye shot out, a grotesque idol to those who worship the violence, power, and corruption of organized crime. Galenti was 69 years old, the Don of the Bonanno family, who said he was going to step down from power. When three assassins, using machine guns and a 45, killed him, and two other people as they lunched on salad, fruit, bread, and a jug of wine. Mysteriously, two of Galenti's bodyguards, Baldassare Amato and Cesar Bonaventure, were uninjured and walked away unscratched.
1: It is perhaps one of the most iconic pictures in the history of La Cosa Nostra. The scene we're talking about has been the subject and has been recreated in multiple movies and TV shows, the picture is of a grandfatherly and unassuming looking man lying on the ground, leaning against a fallen chair, his body riddled with bullets and blood streaming down. His trademark cigar was still dangling from his lips. This, however, wasn't an unassuming, grandfatherly old man. He was a vicious, notorious gangster, and on this day, he was the victim of one of the biggest mafia slayings of all time. Forty-three years ago this day, Carmine Galante, the maniacal, self-proclaimed boss of the Bonanno crime family, is going to visit his cousin Joe at a restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn, for lunch. It would prove, however, to be the mobster's last lunch. Today, we will talk about the murder and the events surrounding it. Because the notorious gangster, Galante, his story is another two or three episodes in itself. Freed from a long stint in Lewisburg Federal Prison in 1974, Galante returned to New York City with a vengeance and one goal. To take it all for himself. The very day he walked free from prison, he blew up the tombstone that housed former Mafia Don Frank Costello, I can only guess that it was meant to be some sort of statement or a sign of his intentions to come. The Mafia Commission had named Philip Rusty Rustelli as Bonanno Family Boss the same year that Galante was released from prison. But it wouldn't matter much to Galante who the hell the commission named Boss, because in his mind, and that of his supporters, he was the boss, and he had no problem telling the Underworld or anyone else that. When the actual Bonanno boss, Rusty Restelli, was sent away to prison in 1976, Galante used the opportunity to try and take over the family for real. The commission was outraged. Their word and their rulings were never to be questioned or mocked or disregarded. This alone could have been a death sentence for anyone in the underworld, even someone as powerful as Galante. While away in prison, And sometime during the 1970s, a big majority of Galante's massive drug trafficking business was taken over by his rivals in the Gambino crime family. Galante was greedy for not only money, but for the power and he wanted it back. The drug scheme was worth millions and millions a year, but the power and the control that the drug scheme could generate was key for Galante. So in 1978, Carmine Galante organized the assassination of the eight very high-ranking Gambino crime family members who stole his drug business. The problem for Galante was he did this without any permission whatsoever from the mafia's ruling panel. The commission viewed this egregious show of disrespect as the final straw for Galante. He was wild. He was uncontrollable. He was disregarding the rules. But maybe what they feared most was he was gaining a lot of allies in the Sicilians. Galante was being warned by some to kind of fall back or risk being assassinated. However, the egotistical Galante claimed the commission didn't have the guts to kill him. Rusty Rastelli, the real family boss, was pushing for the commission to take out the unhinged gangster. After the unsanctioned murders, the disregard of their rules, and the brazenness of his power grab, the commission agreed and decided that Galanti was to be taken out once and for all. Bonanno powerhouse captains came together to take out their self-proclaimed boss. These captains included Ristelli loyalists like Joseph Big Joey Messino and Dominic, Sunny Black, Napolitano. Also in on the hits were Napolitano Messino's rival captains in the Bonanno family, like Sonny Red. But for his reasons, to take out Galante, is he had his eyes on the boss's chair for himself. Now, Galante, as I mentioned before, was a major narcotics trafficker, and he used his connections from the drug trade in Sicily to re- recruit a group of Sicilian men known as Zips to be in his crew. And these Zips were known to be extremely violent, capable, and a bit reckless, not unlike Galante. So the captains knew when they were taking Galante out, that the first step is they had to get the Sicilian Zips on their side or risk going to war with them. The two most powerful Sicilians they needed and ultimately would convince to sell out their boss were Cesare Bonventre and Baldo Amato. That brings us to this day, one of the biggest days in Cosa Nostra history. July 12th, 1979, the day Carmine Lilo Galante would be violently murdered. According to Bonanno Soldier and future cooperator Frankie Lino, the three masked gunmen, who stormed onto the patio of Joe and Mary's Italian restaurant this day forty-three years ago, were Bruno and Delicato, Russell Moro, and Dominic Trinchera. Moro and Bruno made their way to the patio, where flanked by their supposed bodyguards sat Galante, Leonard Coppola, and his cousin Joe. Upon seeing the masked gunmen storm the patio. Joe Torano stood up and shouted for the men to get out of there. But, to no avail, Bruno and Moro opened fire on all three of the men. The supposed bodyguards, Amato and Baventre, calmly exited the patio. Torano and Coppola were killed instantly, but it was Galante who was shot point-blank by a shotgun in both the face and chest that that famous picture is of. Also unfortunately killed was Toronto's 17-year-old son who was shot after attempting to intervene from the restaurant. But the mob was taking no chances when it came to a hit as high profile as this. Anyone and everyone who got in the way of Galante was getting whacked. The wild, out-of-control, and violent, self-proclaimed boss of the Bonanno crime family, Carmine Galante, was very famously slain on this day, July 12th, 1979. I'm John Curran. Thank you for listening. As always, please follow us on social at This Day in the Mob. And don't forget to subscribe and rate to help our show grow. But most importantly, tune in tomorrow, July 13th, and find out what happened on That Day in the Mob.